Hey, 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 finally back, been on the uh, mend from being sick. Welcome to Man Behind the Beard as your host, Eric, and today we have an awesome guest, Mr. Sean Wolf. How you doing, sir? Doing great, man. How you doing? Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to make it. Hopefully my voice stays with us today. Um, <laughs> it keeps going in and out, so bear with me. As we get going, I, and I did tell you yesterday that I would bring some some of that good good. Uh, I got some of this crown to help with the throat. <laughs> that should help you feel a lot better. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see if the boss approves of it later, though. So let everybody know out there um, who you are, um, and we'll get into sports in a, in a few minutes, but... <laughs> I don't want you to, to bust out in, in your favorite sports teams yet, but we'll get into that. <laughs> hey, I'm uh, Sean Wolf. I'm the owner of Wolf for Life Training and Nutrition. I'm a retired Air Force veteran. I did uh, 21 years, seven months, and 11 days. Uh, now I'm up here in Great Falls, Montana. I'm uh, what you call a dependent uh with uh, my wife, Tina. My kids, Sean, Alexis, and Yasmin. And we're just up here uh, enjoying the view, um, spending time with our friends and family that comes and visit, and uh, making new friends and still enjoying the military way of life here. So that last part where you're that whole dependent thing. So I don't know if you noticed yesterday I put uh, the penda. Exactly. So so we <laughs> – it's a new, new, new crack at it. So we're going to put that veteran and dependent together. So we'll put a <laughs> Vapenda. Um, as, as Sean was saying, he, uh, he owns a business, Wolf for Life. Uh, that is actually how we, we actually met uh, through his business. And he, he helped out with a couple of nutrition and workout plans. Um, if you guys are looking for something like that, uh, this is the guy. Um, and I say that because... And and Sean, you can you can correct me if I'm wrong. The only advertisement this guy does is through word of mouth from other people. Really, um, he has a Facebook page, and that's about it, right? <laughs> and a, and a, and a website. That's correct. Uh, most of the time, uh, the only way you can contact me is uh, you probably heard of me through somebody else, a friend, a coworker, or something that I've trained or helped, uh, or a professional athlete that I've helped out. And uh, they'll either refer you to my Facebook page, me personally, to message me or go through my website. Like like uh, Eric said, I don't advertise. I don't need there's no need to advertise. I always believe word of mouth through friends, family and previous clients will always get you more business than spending thousands of dollars on marketing. That's not necessary that they just look at the marketing. Word of mouth is true because they get to ask the person who's telling you about you all the questions they need to know. And it helps me a lot because I don't even have to answer the questions. <laughs> right. And, and, and with that being said, like Sean, like, like you've been around for a while, uh, you know, the business, uh, and really business isn't business for you. Um, 
it's more it's more a personal level type. That's how I feel being being a client. Um, Correct. And it's not like, all right, I have a personal trainer and this guy is just going to give me a plan and then let me run with it. And then, you know, kind of be like, all right, well, you look okay. We'll tweak something here. Boom. And it's done. It's not like that with Sean. Sean, Sean going to let you know real quick. (laughs) Um, And you can try to lie all you want. But uh, Sean been doing this a long time and he's going to know when you slip up on that nutrition plan. Exactly. He's definitely going to he's definitely going to know if you slipped up, especially if you hadn't been to the gym in three, four (laughs) or five days in a row. Um, Because, like I said earlier, he has a Facebook page and people cannot stay away from Facebook page and they tell on themselves. (laughs) Um, So. And, and I'm saying all this to let you all know that, and Sean knows it too, this guy right here has slipped up a billion times. <laughs> um, and, and, and you know what? I can't be mad. I can't be mad when, when I have a personal trainer like Sean sitting there going, dude, what, you, what are you doing? Like, and he, he will straight up tell you, hey, you're wasting your money. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, like, are we going to work together or are you just going to waste your money? Because... You're wasting your money. I'm giving you something yeah. to succeed, but you're not you're not being successful mentally. Um, yeah. And I think that I think that's a you know. And reflecting back on my personal fitness journey, um, that was that was the biggest thing. Is always mental. Physically, I could handle everything. It was that mental aspect being in the kitchen. Yeah. Um, because what 2014 2015 time like you got me dialed in to the point i was around 201 202 and that's another thing sean don't worry about is weight stop looking at the weight it's all about how you feel yeah um and and i stopped worrying about stepping on the scale and even though i was 201 202 203 whatever it was at the time I think I was running my fastest on that PT test, even though Air Force PT test, let's be real, is not really that difficult. Um, uh, the push-up setups and the run and then the waist measurement, whatever. Uh, I laugh at it because I, I believe, and Sean can, can uh, back this up, we could probably go out there and do a PT test and pass it right now um, without much work put into that, it. That's correct. But... And I could tell you, and I think I hit Sean up after my last PT test before I retired and said, you know, I pretty much lapped two or three 20 something year olds. <laughs> um, I maxed on everything and, you know, I didn't have to, I could have walked the whole thing and failed it if I wanted to, but it didn't matter. I was retiring, like, but it was a pride thing. And then especially when you see the 19, 20, 21, 22 year olds can't even complete six laps around the track in a lot amount of time and I was what 39 at the time at the time so it was like what the heck is going on yeah like I don't I, I don't know bro <laughs> like we come from a different era like you I, yeah. you didn't come in you came in probably a couple years before me I believe I came in 98 so yeah. but we hit we had those post desert storm NCOs I like yeah. to call it and they were pretty rough <laughs> <laughs> and they really didn't care about your feelings too much. No, um, no. they cared about your your work ethic, 
and your character. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, kind of spinning into the fitness realm of, of the military, you know, there's a lot more aspect to it. Um, when we talk about that and, and I've seen you post a couple things here lately, it, it made me chuckle. Um, the, the latest one I saw was about, uh, people getting off, getting a slap on the wrist compared to yeah. others, depending on, yeah. uh, the rank. Yeah. Um, yeah. and it's, and I seen one of the, one of the comments below that was, uh, essentially, well, I don't, it's only been E9s and, and officers that were getting that, but when we were in, it was, it was a E7 above <laughs> essentially that, yes. that would do some crazy stuff and, yeah. and that would have like from, from the lower end of the spectrum of, of rank wouldn't see really what was going on. And yeah, I mean, things would happen to them, but, yeah. but it wasn't paraded around so much like a airman or a young yeah. NCO doing the same thing. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't nothing. Uh, it wasn't nothing done that set the example for others in that rank not to do. As whereas you can get the say tech sergeant below where it was well known what they did and you shouldn't do this. So it, you know, like I, t- well, I was responded to the comment. It was a different time. It was a different place. Sure, it, it may not happen. But when I came up, when I came in, it, it definitely was. Uh, it was done. Uh, I always frowned upon it, and I, I tried my best when I made when I became a senior NCO that uh, everyone from slick sleeve to anybody that fell underneath me and above me knew the consequences of their actions, and you know, and try not to do that stuff no more. Set the example. Don't be an example. But and and during our time as well, though, you also got to look at it like this. When I was an airman, young NCO. We, we put our senior NCOs, especially our mass sergeants, our E7s, on a pedestal. Yes. Um, and, and they were revered as the, the know-all be-all. Um, mm-hmm. And they could do no wrong in, in my eyes as a, as yeah. a young Airman Hilton, uh, young Staff Sergeant Hilton, um, because I wanted to be there one day. It wasn't necessarily that they were doing everything right it was just the fact that they walked around with that sense of pride and they walked around with that chest out and the shoulders back and you're like man you know know, it's eric eric it's crazy that you mentioned that because my first duty station i was stationed in port Campbell, kentucky right at attack p unit the crazy thing about it the highest enlisted person was a master sergeant so that's all i knew for the first uh, three and a half years. That's all I knew uh, as far as uh, an enlisted person rank was, as in, you're the man. You're who I looked up to. I was, you know, I knew not to do anything wrong around you because you was a master sergeant. That was it, buddy. It wasn't until 1995 when I went to Japan, I saw physically with my own eyes somebody above the rank of master sergeant on the enlisted side. Well, and you, you can go down further down the, uh, the enlisted structure. And as Airman Hilton, and I could tell you, and everybody knows, audience knows, I was a was, uh, retired defender. Um, we, did, we didn't talk to NCOs unless they spoke to us first. Exactly. Um, and that was just kind of an unwritten rule. You didn't just walk up to a staff sergeant and be like, what's up, Sarge? 
Yeah. It, it didn't happen like that. It was, <laughs> you would get looked at and then surrounded by about four other staff sergeants being like, why yeah. are you talking to the staff sergeant? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and when I say we held, we held, if you will, uh, in, senior NCO to a higher standard, I also, and, and this is my personal, I, I held, I put all of all the NCO senior NCOs on a pedestal. Yeah. Um, because I wanted to strive to be there. Um, yeah. And that made me find my pride in being a, trying to be the best airman I could um, and doing my job. Like that mm-hmm. was, that was really all they cared about is do your job, do it as yeah. best you can. If your best is mediocre to others, it's still your best. Yeah. And they, and I never had an NCO or senior NCO look down on that. They were like, bro, yeah. you're doing your thing, man. Like, yep. I'm going to help you find a different way to be better. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, then you're going to, you're going to feel it. Yeah. Um, and I felt it a lot of times. Like, I'm not going to lie. I was, I was, we were all that young, dumb airman that they wanted to have fun. Like back mm-hmm. in those days, it was play hard, work hard. Yeah. And I think we played harder than we worked sometimes, but so did the NCOs and senior NCOs, but we never partied together. Exactly. <laughs> it, I never seen an NCO or a senior NCO at my choir practices for other airmen. <laughs> That's true. You know, I'd have the occasional after work uh, senior NCO flight chief would have a cooler in the back of the, the unit. And be like choir practice uh, remount, and yeah. we all met in the back as a whole flight. And everybody that was of age got a got a beer. We drank a beer together and BS for an hour or so, and then everybody went home, went to sleep. Yeah, um, which was crazy because I see a lot of that going away. Mm-hmm. That that heritage, that tradition of those, and not just defender world, but all the career fields. Mm-hmm in the air Air force used to do that. Um, yeah. And it's kind of gone away because one, people were scared of each other and, you know, snitches get stitches. Right. So, <laughs> cause a lot of people be snitching yeah. when you're trying to have fun and just trying to let loose a little bit. And you can't do that hardly anymore um, without yeah. someone saying something. Yeah. But anyway, get off that soapbox. Uh, we can go about three hours, four <laughs> yeah, we, hours we on go that. Three hours on that. <laughs> but another thing, I want to transition over to sports because Sean is a huge sports fan, and he he's the most passive aggressive crap talker <laughs> on on social media. Um, <laughs> and I, I, I we have a little group, and people if people are friends with me and or Sean. And Nick Hurd and Vic and all those guys, like we all like have our college team. We all have our pro football team and we go at it like when football season's in full go, it is nonstop throughout the week. <laughs> and then come Saturday night, people's feelings are hurt at the end of the end of the week. So um, as as most know, I'm from Texas and obviously the team in Texas is University of Texas starting to hopefully kind of sort of making a comeback of the way they used to be. Um, Sean is from Georgia, uh, born and bred, right? Correct. Um, and so he, he's a dirty bird on that pro sport team. 
he, he's a lot of Falcon team. Um, and then Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, yes. And we had a little bet. It was now <laughs> two, two years ago. Correct. Texas and Georgia in the big bowl, the sugar bowl, I believe. Uh, we little little bet about somebody got to wear somebody's jersey, whoever loses. Um, yes. But I wanted to do it right, that Texas style. And because I just had that feeling, Texas Texas was there to play. They weren't there to just <laughs> show up and be in a ball game. Um, mainly because it was Big 12 against SEC. Um, and, man, it was a good game for Texas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is correct. So I ended up getting getting Shauna Jersey, my all time favorite player ever, because I'm I'm a Houston Oilers slash Houston Texans fan as well. Earl Campbell, like the man is a legend and will always be a legend in Texas eyes. Now um, you 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 have to explain to him, Eric. You didn't just get me any Earl Campbell jersey. No, you got I, me a autographed, signed. Earl Campbell jersey. Authenticated, you, too. You got that authentication card. I want to make sure yes. that was the real deal. Cause, uh, you know, and this is how serious we are. I was supposed to ship this jersey back to Eric. Eric got on the phone, texted me and said, Sean, do not send that back. That is yours to keep. You know how proud I am of, of being a Georgia fan. But when Eric told me that, and gave me that autograph jersey. To this day, I have this jersey still wrapped up in plastic, hid away from everybody next to who else? Julio Jones autograph signed jersey. And I don't have any other. I have a lot of autograph jerseys, but I have those are the only two that I have put away in a special place to pass on to my family. The only two. Well, and. You know, it's just one of those things. That's that's. There was a lot behind that because yeah, um, that was more. That was one side is hey, I want to do something special for for Sean uh, because we're 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 great social media friends, text friends. Uh, if y'all don't know, we have never met personally, like face to face. Which if we did, it would just be like an everyday thing, anyways. Like we wouldn't yeah. we wouldn't skip a beat. But it was special to me to give give Sean something like that because one, the pride of being from Texas and yeah. and the the fanfare that comes with having rival friends. Um it's a keepsake and plus Earl Campbell, come on. Exactly. Like exactly <laughs> Earl Campbell like revolutionized the running back position. Um for a lot of a lot of younger generational running backs that you see in the league today, um, and they speak of Earl Campbell, um, so it was just one of those things because I know how huge of a football fan Sean is first yeah. before he is uh, obviously a Georgia and Atlanta Falcon fan. Um, Correct, and it's just one of those things. And sure enough, Texas won. He got the jersey. He had to put it on. <laughs> <laughs> Put it right back in the plastic and it was like, uh, I think I, when you hit me up, I, I think you were more shocked that it was autographed. Yeah. yeah. I, nah, man, I don't, I don't roll like that. I don't, I don't do the whole $10 Jersey. <laughs> like I ain't doing no 
no 15 cheap jersey. Like, we're, yeah. we're going real. Because yep. trust me, I was trying to find a game worn. <laughs> like a one that he wore actually in the game, but uh, yeah. I couldn't pay what those cost. <laughs> <laughs> I'm retired. I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't making those big bucks no more. Um, but yeah, no, we go at it. Like if you, if anybody listening wants to play this game <laughs> of crap talking with each other, go ahead and like me or shine on Facebook. I'm gonna tell you right now, better have some thick skin Exactly, cause Sean be coming coming from the side. He don't come straight <laughs> at you. He comes from the side. He he'll poke at you a little bit throughout the week, and then he'll come full blast on you on Saturday or Sunday. <laughs> um, and you can ask Vic or Nick because Nick Nick is uh, Oklahoma fan, and and Vic is well, I don't know why he's a Florida State fan, but. <laughs> Do they even do they even have a football team anymore? That, that's the question. Because I know he's going to listen. Yes. Um, and I can't say nothing about Oklahoma because they got the best of us the last I don't know ten years. It feels like. Um, but this is the year for Texas, I believe, to do something to at least have ten wins. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. See, there it is, sideways, right there, coming from the side. So, and I gotta I gotta go back to fitness because I I love listening to you uh, spit knowledge like for real knowledge and you do that a lot like if people really listen and pay attention to your posts and and about the business aspect of personal training world and ex- having that experience and that resume if you will because you didn't build your own resume your clients built your resume say it again. I said you did not build your resume. Your clients built your resume to be the type of person you are as a personal trainer today. Eric, Eric, now say it one more time for the people who have their radio down low. <laughs> so, Sean Wolf did not build his own resume, people. Every one of these clients that he's had over the years has built that resume for him and speak his resume to others every day. This is why I brought up he has a Facebook page and a website. That's it. Because he don't need nothing else. And I'll be the first one to holler out Sean Wolf's name when somebody says I need some help personal training. Yep. Um, Because even though I I misstep or I I fell at something or that and the other, I can always still come to Sean and be like, hey, bro, like, and he's going to straight up tell me, he's like, you still got my plans? Start Start from phase one. I mean, am I wrong? You're not. I, the only thing I will ask you is, hey, are you 10 pounds up? Or are you 10 pounds lower from what you started? Did you have any medical conditions from the last time we worked together? If you say no, I say don't spend your money, man. Start back with phase one. We'll catch up from there once I see you at the end of those six weeks. And I'm not about spending money. I'm about making sure you're healthy, you're trying to achieve your goal, and you're – you're happy, man. If you can combine those three things, you'll be surprised at what you can do to achieve your goals. And 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 I seen it with. I mean, obviously, I seen it in myself, and I saw that. Mm-hmm. I, and 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 I was just like anyone else, more worried about that scale at first yep. than anything else. Like I didn't see the progress I was making uh, unless I saw it on the scale. 
Sean sees it in your weekly updates and your weekly, yeah. like your photos. And then he, he does a surprise after about, was it three or four weeks in? Yeah. He does a side by side and he's like, you're telling me ain't no changes happening. Like yep. it's right there. Stop yeah, looking I at think, the scale. Yeah. And another thing is people don't understand the fact that, you know, if you look at yourself every single day in the mirror, sometimes twice or three times a mirror, there's no way you're going to see the changes happening every single day. But if you take that standstill from the day you started and you put another standstill three or four weeks later, now you see it. So like I tell everybody, I don't see you every day. So it's so easy for me to pick out the progress when you see the, when you send those photos every two or three weeks. It's just that easy. When I do a side by side and send it back, you're like, now I get it. Now I understand. You know, and that's why I try to teach people if you can just step off the scale and don't mind the scale because you have to you have to think about it. You're eating right, you're exercising right, and you're doing all the right things. Sure, you're gonna you're gonna gain lean muscle. You're gonna lose body fat. If you lose five pounds of body fat and you gain five, three to five pounds of lean muscle, that scale never moved. But you look so much different. You feel so much better. Your clothes fit better. Now you're getting all these compliments from people, and you're like, wait, hold on, wait a minute. I stay side by side. So it's man right yeah I, I mean and i've even gone as far as like obviously i'm not certified in anything i i'm not i'm not a, a guru in fitness but i've been around it and done it for a long time and then i used to tell airman i'm like you want to start give me a gallon of water a day for 30 days straight mm -hmm. just just hydrate for 30 days mm -hmm. i was like and your next step is any place that has a drive through window, don't eat at. Because <laughs> it, now it forces them to go to the grocery store and actually get food. Um, yeah. And, and there are setbacks in the grocery store. The, the further in the middle of a store you go, the worse the food is for your body, obviously. Um, and I tell people that. I was like, look at a grocery store, how it's set up. All your fresh produce and all your meats are on the outside. Mm-hmm. The further in you go, is the more processed food you get. Yep. So stay on the edges and stay on the outside <laughs> and get your food. Um, but then, and, and Sean has revolutionized uh, nutrition plans. He put me on a plan. I was eating chips. <laughs> I was eating, <laughs> I was eating crackers, uh, you know, crazy stuff, but it was moderation. It was, it was tailored to, not necessarily drastic weight loss or this or that. It was it was a, a lifestyle change. Yeah, it, it's more designed for something you can maintain uh, for years, years and years if you're committed to living a healthy lifestyle forever. It's not something that I'm not here for those miracle weight loss plans. I'm not here for those miracle. Sean, man, I need you. I got two weeks to get ready for my <laughs> PT test and I'm, I'm seven inches overweight, dude. I'm not the one for you, you know, I can't help you. And I, and Eric, you know, this man, I tell uh, people often come to me and I, I tell at least I'll say once a week, uh, average a week, I probably tell 10 to 15 people. I can't help you because what you're asking for, first of all, is not healthy and it's not realistic to maintain over a long period of time. I'm not going to be the cause of you having health problems. 
I'm not going to be the cause of you losing 15 pounds in two weeks and gaining 30 pounds back in three and four, four weeks. I'm not that type of guy. So now you're looking at me as like, oh, he's just another one of those guys who's trying to make uh, easy money by making me lose all this weight. But now I'm spending more money because I'm in the hospital. I'm on this medication. I'm on that. I'm not all about that. So if you come to me for a miracle weight loss, don't even listen to this program because I'm not going to help you. I'll be honest. With you. I'm not going to help you. Your money is not that. Your money is not good money to me when it comes to that. You mean you ain't sponsored by the the herbal teas or the the I'm not going hey, shake and wait or you whatever. Told it is. Say, hey, you told me say, <laughs> when you start on something, I don't want to talk about because I don't want to talk about that crap. <laughs> <laughs> you know I got to mess with you about that because yeah, I think always. I think it's like once or twice a week I see you throw in there. <laughs> or a post or something talking about the special shake or the, the herbal tea or or the mud wraps or whatever the hell it is. Like, believe it or not, like, and I, I seen it from someone else and, and, and you can validate this or not, but you want to gain weight, you got to eat. You want to yes. lose weight, you got to eat. Yes. You want to change your body completely, you got to eat. Yes. Um, you can't be missing meals. You can't be like starving yourself because, uh, and I found this to be true because uh, it happened with me. Uh, doing the whole missing meals and doing this and that and the other created stress. And when you have stress in your body and stress on your mind, your body goes out of balance. Yeah, uh, you're not functioning. You're not functioning at a hundred percent, man. You, you, it's just not going to work like that. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of trainers, gurus, coaches, and all that stuff out there. But the true people who really are successful in this are the people who care about their clients, meaning they're willing to go deeper than, oh, I got your picture. Here's a little plan. Thank you, thank you for your money. A true successful coach will take the time to listen to what the client has to say, will always ask questions about how they're feeling, what they're doing, have they did this or have they did that? If you don't have a personal relationship with your coach, your client or whatever it is, you're not going to be successful on either side of it, whether you're the client or you're the coach. So, <clears throat> so tell me, and I've heard this story kind of in bits and pieces, but uh, near the end of your, your, your military career, what was the driving force to start Wolf for Life? Cause I've heard, I've heard you talk about it a little bit about the, the haters and the non-believers well, about, about uh, if you didn't stay in, you weren't going to really do anything with, you, you know what I'm saying? The, the standard yeah. stuff that we all heard when it's we get that, out. That, that they don't want you to get out. But here, here you go, Eric. A lot of people don't even know this, but I started personal training, uh, helping people back in 1995, 1996. Uh, I would just help them for fun, uh, you know, to see, uh, help them with their PT tests, help them get ready for uh, competition and stuff like that. I did all this for free. I keep, I get all, this, I did all this stuff for free for about five to ten years, man. Before I started charting, it wasn't until I got to Mississippi that I started going to this gym called Lifestyle Fitness, where I, uh, I met the owner, and her son wanted to do a competition. So I said, you know what, if I'm going to ever start being successful and set myself up for getting out of the military, I need to start somewhere. So I sat there and I talked to the owner and I said, hey, I, I will train your son for free, do all the training, do all the nutrition. 
I said, but once we're done, I said, as long as you allow me, as long as you and your son allow me to put up his before pick and his after pick, as soon as people walk in, I say, it, we're even, we're no charges whatsoever. And uh, they did. And right for there, I had been certified for a while with nutrition and uh, personal training, but I had never advertised. I'd never advertised. I've never advertised. So that was the first legitimate advertisement I ever did by putting his picture up. When I tell you, Eric, I, I had to start turning down people, literally just turn down people because there's no way I had enough hours in the day to personal train and do my Air Force job. And all the time I was in the Air Force, Air Force was always my number one priority. Personal training start my business was always second priority to me. But I knew from right then that's what I wanted to do. So when I got to Alaska, you know, and I started setting myself for retirement, I, I was like, okay, I set up my blueprint. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. So <laughs> I, I know I posted this a lot. I went and sat and talked with an E9 and I told him uh, my plans. He honestly, notice I said he honestly looked me in the face and said, uh, you know, you're going to have to get another job because that's that you're not going to be successful. That's not going to pay the bills. Not knowing I had already started online, I was making twice as much I was as a master sergeant in Alaska at that time, making twice as much. So right? I'm going to cut you off real quick. Uh -huh. If people didn't realize what Sean just said, Sean <laughs> said E9. And, and for the, us old hats, when we hear E9 exactly um, and not chief, we have a different, a different uh, attitude towards E9s than we do chiefs. Exactly. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. I'll yeah, let the young man. kids figure out why we say E9s they're, instead of chief. Yeah, they'll eventually figure it out as long as they keep, stay in the military. They'll figure out the difference between an E9 and, and a chief. So back on to my story. So <laughs> I had to go sit and talk to the commander, right? Sat in, talked to the commander. I, I told him the exact same plan I had. He looked me dead in the face and he said, you know, Sean, I'm a sign." retirement paperwork he said but there's one thing i want you to know he said i have i have no regrets and no problems because i know you're going to be successful at what you do he said i see you making six figures within a year of leaving this job not knowing sean was always making six figures by doing both jobs <laughs> you see, see but people as a e9 he never got to know me he only knew of me right and so but the, the commander knew me. We sat, we talked, because I was his superintendent. We sat, we talked, we talked about my uh, career. We talked about what I've been doing, whatever. So he knew my roadmap. He knew I was, I will say this, he knew I was destined to be good at what I set my mind to, because I did everything for this guy, and I made sure he was always taken care of. With that being said, I will always give recognition to this one guy who believed in me, Eric. He believed in me when I was an E4, and I sat and told him my exact plans. I told the same guy 20 years ago. That's Dennis Beecham. We sat down and we talked, and he asked me as an E4, what was my plan for when I retire? As an E4, he asked me this. Not only did he ask me this, he set me up with how to financial management, how to invest in bonds, how to invest in stocks. He taught me life as an E4 when I didn't want to hear shit. Right. I didn't want to hear nothing, man. Yep. But he made sure every day 
he taught me life. Not life about uh, this how the military works, this how that. Sure, he was a great mentor when it came to that, but he was a great mentor when it came to life and setting yourself up with uh, after that. So to Dennis Beecham, like I said on all my podcasts, on everything, every interview I'll ever do, thank you, Dennis Beecham, for always believing in me, man. So with that being said, um, being old dogs in the backyard looking through the fence now, I, I like to use that analogy a little bit for us retirees. Um, <laughs> I believe that's, that's something that's being missed now. Um, okay. And, and, and I'm, if, if you heard any of my other podcasts, I'm, I'm really not a huge component of the buzzwords resiliency or the buzzword mm-hmm. mentorship. Um, because back then we didn't really, we didn't even call it mentorship back then. Mm-hmm. It was just an NCO or senior NCO picking you up by the back of your britches and leading, leading you through life and yeah. the military. Um, it wasn't yeah. like, and I had a lot of that. Um, you know, we didn't call it mentorship. We just called it leadership. Yeah. <laughs> Straight up. It was leadership. But I think there's such a huge emphasis now through talking to all my old troops and, and, and a lot of other people still on active duty. Um, they, they are forcing younger kids to like, you gotta be a leader. You gotta be a leader. Like you don't have a choice. You gotta be a leader. You got to find a mentor. You got to be resilient. And you're like, hold on, like one step at a time, bro. Like, yeah. Um, I don't even know how to follow yet. Yeah. And and we've gotten to a stage where we've got, you know, and I'll be quite honest, we got a lot of NCO senior NCOs that promoted way fast. That true. Didn't learn, didn't learn how to follow first and be a true follower, and then just kind of melt themselves into a leadership role, if you will. Um, and you got a lot of, a lot of leaders now that, that don't have life experience mainly because they're just young. I mean, mm-hmm. let's be honest. It's just because they're young in age. And, and I mean, I had a friend that, that made every rank first time, except for, I think senior made second time and chief first time, like, mm-hmm. um, amazing leader, amazing leader. Um, during that time coming up, though, he was kind of lost. Um, yeah. And, you know, I was sitting here E5, E6. He's at e, E7 going, hey, bro, I need some help. Like, mm-hmm. But I'd been that E5, E6 for a long time. <laughs> yeah. I stayed yeah. in that middle tier for a long time. And, and I was just like, I mean, what do you people want? Like, it's not what you want. It was what do your people want? Yeah. Um, what can you do to help them with their wants? Cause mm-hmm. you're going to give them their needs. Cause you have to, yeah. it's like, what, what are their wants? What do they mm-hmm. want? Uh, that, that kind of goes into, I'm a huge advocate of, if I was in that, that depression world right after retirement where, you know, I kept saying that phrase, I, I lost my sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe that to be true for us folks that retire after 20 plus years, I think mm-hmm. we lose a sense of fulfillment. Yeah. There's a huge difference. Um, our purpose is I have a wife and two kids. Uh, that's my purpose. Mm-hmm. The military was, it, it fulfilled something. So it was yeah. that attaboy, that pat on the back, the seeing the young airmen achieve something or succeed. 
that was a sense of fulfillment that is now lost because I don't get to see that every day now. Um, yeah. I have to fulfill myself. Yeah. Um, and, but I, I just see it, man. I don't, I, you know, like I, I've said in a couple of podcasts in uh last one, I believe in the one before that from the defender world, we had 13 last year suicides mm -hmm. um, completed. I have no idea and I don't have the data on, on attempts, but I know what the, the completed suicides were and it's 13 amongst mm -hmm. security forces members. That is a huge number. Yeah. Um, and we're already sitting at, I think two now for this year, for this calendar. Mm -hmm. year. So yeah. we're hitting that one a month like we did last year. Um, and it's like, where, you know, everybody, the biggest question is like, how do we stop it? I, I don't think we'll ever stop it. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think the care factor that uh, has gone away uh, needs to come back. And that, that's from the top down. I'll be honest I, with I you. I, I definitely agree, you know, because you know where I'm stationed at. Well, well, you know where I live at, you know. And uh, it's, it's pretty sad to see or to hear the numbers and to be at a base where, you know, a couple occurred at. And I guess when I was coming up, I, I, uh, I wasn't privileged privilege to it, to know about it, but I just didn't see that happening. Uh, the places I were and the places I was, you know, have been stationed, but to be here and, you know, see it firsthand and, it's it's difficult, man. It's not just difficult for me being a civilian, hearing about it through uh, the news, through the posts from our uh, base website, but to actually to go to the gym or be out and see the people that it affect, you know. And I, I guess that's the sad part about it, because you know, I always believed when I came up, you have to take care of your people. But if you have no clue what your people is feeling, what your people is doing, or or who your people are hanging with, there's no way you can talk to your people to give them a sense of understanding of what happened. Well, and that, that's, like, that's where I go back to. And I say, yeah. like, we force, we force at an early, early time in service you got to be a leader. So we, yeah. we automatically put that stress on that young airman, mm -hmm. like not just figure out your job, figure out what you're doing. I'm going to take care of you until you get to the level where I, I think you, you can take on a little more responsibility yeah. and yeah. then show you the ropes of being a leader. Yeah. Uh, and then you figure out what type of leadership style you're going to have. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's, it's not that it's not that anymore. It, it's a society now in the military that I've seen, you know, we're both still in the military because of our spouses. Yes. Mm -hmm. So we get that, that bedside talk, if you will, the pillow talk yeah. every night, pretty much. Um, but you're forcing things on, on kids that ain't ready for it. Mm -hmm. And then you put them in a position where, uh, you know, sink or swim. And we did too. We had that when we were coming up the sink or swim method, but we still had a life, a life vest on the side yeah. of those NCOs, senior NCOs that would throw it to us when they, I, we absolutely needed it. 
But you know what? You know what's crazy about that man? They knew when you needed it, right? Because they knew but us. They paid, atten- they paid attention to you. They right. knew what was going on. You know, and, and I, I guess that's the separation I see now is that you can have a a master sergeant or a tech sergeant who has no clue what their staff sergeant or their staff sergeant senior airman is doing or how they're feeling or what's going on in their family or anything because they do not ask questions. Sometimes it's good to be nosy when it affects your troops. It affects their life. It affects how their careers progression. I would rather be told to get out of my business than never ask how their business is going. Well, we get, I say we, they, they get too busy trying to promote and trying mm-hmm. to look good by either mm-hmm. using others or using the system or using the situation at hand to look mm-hmm. good. That's the, what we like to call spotlighters. Yeah. You know, when the light's on, you look good. When the light's off of you, nobody likes you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. And that, 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 that happens. And it happened when we were in too. But then when the spotlight was off of you, you were still doing what you was doing. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It, it didn't take a spotlight to be on you to be doing as best as you can for your people first. Yeah. Um, and that's how I was raised. Like, if you don't take care of your people, you ain't getting taken care of. You ain't going to get nothing. Right. <laughs> and I worked on a flight and same, I'm sure with you, um, a flight of 30, 40, 50 people. Mm-hmm. And as a flight chief, if my 40 people ain't happy, then <laughs> I'm going to feel it. Yes. And But I'm not going to feel it from leadership. I'm going to feel it from them. Yep. And they can all say one thing together and get you fired real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it ain't got to be the truth. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, you know, it ain't a matter of trying to be friends with everybody. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of filling those wants and needs. Yeah. And putting them in a position to succeed and achieve. Yeah. Um, and not for me to succeed and achieve for them to, if they succeed and achieve, guess what happens to me? You succeed and achieve. Right. I, I come up with them. Like, yep. And the old adage, it's lonely on top of the mountain. Why are you up there by yourself? <laughs> Preach. <laughs> Why are you up there by yourself? Why ain't everybody that you work with or work for up there with you? Yep. Yep. It's a big mountain. More than yes. one person could stand up there. I promise you. But you didn't get up that mountain by yourself. I promise. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I get off my soapbox now. <laughs> <laughs> but I know you're busy, sir. And I know you got clients to take care of and probably got to get pick up daughters and do all kinds of, you better get that house cleaned, uh, (laughs) get that dinner cooked. (laughs) Cause chief. Yes. I said it. People he's married to a chief. She, (laughs) she will own him. Tina, (laughs) Tina Wolf is an amazing person and she, she keeps shine grounded. Yep. Um, it, that's a power couple. If you guys don't <laughs> know, uh, and my my wife and I both look up to and adore the hell out of Sean and Tina. Um, I appreciate it, brother. And I, I love you to death, bro. And love you, bro. And I got nothing but love. And you guys need help on a personal training level. This is the guy. What's that website they could go to and check out your website? 
It's uh, www.w, the number four, L, noquit.com. That's www.w, the number four, L, noquit.com. Man, I really appreciate you coming on today, and um, I'm sure we'll hit each other up real soon. Uh, real quick, are you watching the XFL? No, I haven't got into it because, uh, to be honest, every weekend uh, for the last, since XFL has started, my daughter has been playing volleyball, and we've been going either her practice or her games, brother. <laughs> so, and you know me. You know what comes first in this household. Yep, family. Family. <laughs> family. Yes, sir. All right, sir. I appreciate you coming on again. Um, and we will do this again, I promise y'all, because we're going to get more more in depth with that that training world um, because I'm a huge component of fitness therapy. Yes, I said it, fitness therapy, because it mm-hmm. is a therapy. Yes, sir. All right, brother. We'll All sign right, brother, out. Thanks, thanks lo- again for letting me come on your show, man. Yes, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, man. Peace. Thank you for coming on today, and we will see you next week. Forever young, or am I faking on the tip of my tongue? There's a sarcasm waiting for you.